Hi, I'm Dan from Desert Island Dicks, and this episode features Duncan and Robin from the band Dutch Uncles, and we had a lovely chat about the people and things they'd least like to be stuck with on a desert island, as is the general remit of this podcast. Now, I recorded this a little while ago, and I feel bad because they're currently on tour, and I probably should have got it out a little bit earlier, but they've still got dates this month in April, so you can go and see them, and then they've also got dates in July and October across the UK. Their new album, True Entertainment, is out now, so uh, go and check that out and um, go and see them. And in the meantime, you can listen to this episode, which features them and doesn't feature their music, but you know, you get a sense of the lads, and they're very nice indeed. So, um, yeah, enjoy this, check out their album, and then go and see them. It's that simple. I'm going to keep this short and sweet today because my voice is going a little bit because I have some kind of voice illness or rather just some kind of sore throat, I suppose is a more normal way of saying it. So um, let's just pretend I've already said the usual sort of things about liking and subscribing and leaving us a rating and all that kind of stuff. And uh, let's just get into the podcast. It's Dutch Uncles on Desert Island Dicks. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest and here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is Duncan Wallace and Robin Richards from the band Dutch Uncles. How are you doing? Good, yeah, thank you. Very well, yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we had to cue ourselves. Yeah, no, just on that. waiting for each other to take a turn. Yeah, we're all good here. <laughs> Very polite of you both. Uh, uh, given given your um, politeness in waiting for the other one to speak, does that mean that you're fairly mild mannered, or do you like a bit of a rant? Do you get angry at stuff? Um, I think we we definitely do. We we like a good bitch. I think we've mm. uh, yeah. We, we we kind of we we took that to a new dimension within the band ourselves uh, a few years back we started up a podcast as well which uh, i think has really helped channel a yeah, lot of the uh, air some of our grievances yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of the uh, the, the rancid uh, <laughs> feelings <laughs> it's, really, it's really you know like no, no, not necessarily about the industry but I, I suppose about the way that the industry shapes your life as in a sense as an artist as well as kind of looking at some of the aspects of the industry that do seem quite un, you know quite problematic on the surface or kind of yeah the realities of it all so it's informative and therapeutic i think yeah uh, it has been at least good good i mean i don't think this podcast is informative but hopefully it can be therapeutic <laughs> so you know at yeah. least that's one tick all all data is info baby <laughs> <laughs> nice one so there's obviously there's two of you doing this so um uh, how did you find the process of choosing a group of dicks between the two of you do you, do you sort of agree on most things do you find it that easy well i think we have we've decided to see if we can roll out a shared uh, <laughs> candidate, yeah, candidate yeah. for for this particular list, um, I'm not actually aware of the singular person that Rob may have picked. Okay. Uh, in the in the process of who I've picked, and I've kind of got two options really, and I'm probably going to end up voicing about both of them. Uh, yeah, I found it quite a tough um, assessment really because it, it feels like it comes from a, a generally sort of mean spirited place at first. Uh, of course, the the first answer should always be a clone of oneself. You know, just to kind of completely sort of write off any 
you know, uh, extra mean feeling about who we do actually pick as candidates. Um, but it was, it was a strange one, really. The more you think about the process of, well, you know, being on an island, the time involved, what would happen to your own psyche within that and the yeah. psyche of the other person. It, so it makes you like, so I've, I've got two options which kind of do go in very different ways okay. about it. They're, they're both sorts of, I couldn't stand to be on an island with that person at the same time. Okay, well, well, we've got a, a trio of dicks waiting to be chosen and talked about. So uh, who's going to be the first person joining you on the island? Uh, okay, well, I'll, I might as well go first, yeah. considering <laughs> considering my spiel just there. <laughs> uh, so as I said before, two ways of going about it. Uh, and I hate to get too, you know, sort of political about it, but there's a political option and there's an artistic option. Okay. I know which one of the two I, I am going to pick. So I was going to pick <laughs> Joe Swinson, <laughs> the uh, ex-leader of the Lib Dems. And don't ask me why. It was just the first person that came to mind and I thought, who could I not stand to be on an island with? And I realised the reason why I picked that is because if you're on an island with someone, you're going to come round to understanding their own humanity and their own way of thinking and all of that, as such as they would understand mine. And I don't think I ever want to get round to understanding how someone thinks they could win 300 seats in a single general election. <laughs> so the option I will go for instead, the more positive one I'll go for, uh, can they be dead? Yeah. Can, like alive, dead? Yeah, yeah it could be anyone. Yeah. Uh, I've been, I was reading a thread about him recently uh, and I found it quite fascinating. And it's someone who I admire a lot, uh, Marlon Brando. Okay, Marlon um, Brando. Yeah, you know, very, very enigmatic, uh, incredibly talented figure, of course. And I think the thing about that is it's, it, it kind of comes down to that age-old, uh, you know, phrase of never meet your heroes, never, you know, ne never kind of understand what makes them tick. Because the second you know what makes them tick, it will probably ruin the illusion of what made anything tick in the first place. And I'm trying to think what else. Oh, yeah, that and also not to make light of his food addiction, but that would <laughs> become a very annoying thing, <laughs> constantly having to find sustenance yeah. and such and such and such. You know, like that would probably cloud up a lot of the dialogue there. Yeah. Of like what we're going to eat, what's going to happen next, and then you'd start to, as I say, last thing you want to do is meet your heroes, especially mm. when they're just trying to find food. <laughs> yeah, and you'd get into a sort of has anyone fed Marlon yet today? You know, yes, that, that, be, that scenario. So, yeah, so that feels like the nicer option. <laughs> He's been scratching at the shelter again. Like someone go and feed Brando. Come on, <laughs> give him some fish. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what the dynamic would be because. I don't know a lot about him, but I mean, you know, we're so used to kind of knowing everything about sort of film stars today and what they'd be like. And obviously, I mean, in one sense, people today are sort of, you know, more scrutinised and we know more about them and they're kind of more famous in a way. So they might be more used to kind of having help and hangers on and an entourage and be more of a pain in the arse. I don't know what it was like in Marlon Brando's time, but then he yeah. obviously was like one of the biggest actors of the time so maybe he was kind of even more lofty and annoying to hang out with or you know if he was going really sort of into a role could probably get quite quite tricky to be with day to day yeah I suppose he's got quite an interesting uh, I don't know if the phrase I don't think duality is the right word for this but he does have this from what you you know from what we've perceived you know in history like in society he was very principled very you know kind of like for example when um he didn't accept the the Oscar mm. for The Godfather. Um, and I've forgotten her name, but the Native American lady accepted it for him to talk about how, you know, uh, her people were basically being marginalised for the sake of the film industry. And, and, and he always kind of held very principled stances, I think, within, like, talk shows. 
But then on the other side of that, when you hear about the stories of what he was like on a film set and, you know, his demands and he was just basically impossible to work with. Yeah, it does, it does create quite a bizarre juxtaposition about yeah. it. Was he a method actor? Yes. Uh, was it, well, he, he went to, I've forgotten the name of it, but he went to the acting school that was run by the actor who plays uh, Hyman Roth in Godfather 2. There's going to be a Godfather theme throughout this episode, <laughs> actually, I okay. should say. So we've gone Godfather 1 and we've done Godfather 2, but yeah, he went to the same acting school, which I think does... Mm. It was, the, it, yeah, it was yeah. the school that encouraged it. So I feel acting. like that would be pretty intense on an island, wouldn't it? Oh, so yeah. say if he was just stuck in our character the whole time as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't know which one I'd pick. Maybe, maybe his character in On the Waterfront. I like that film. Yeah, I just think living with a method actor would be an absolute pain in the ass. You know, when you just like you hear yeah. about was it Daniel Day Lewis when he was he was being Lincoln and he was in a wheelchair and like wouldn't get out of the wheelchair and it's like cables oh, no, all I over think, the film set. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think yeah. that was uh, when he played Christy Brown. In my left foot. Oh, yeah. yeah. That would make a lot more sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, film, the film crew, yeah, famously, the film crew had to carry his wheelchair over, over like, the lighting and all yeah. the set stuff because he refused. If we're going to be that method, can you see there's fucking film equipment everywhere? It doesn't work. Like, <laughs> like the make-believe yeah, yeah. has to end at some point, Daniel. Come on now. <laughs> like, And yeah. I just think, there's like, look, you're a really talented actor, but you are an actor, so just pretend to be the person, you know, at the time. Like, just get out the fucking wheelchair man come on <laughs> yeah. uh, well I've not, I've not seen it yet but and I don't know how true this is uh, but I hear apparently that Austin Butler who played Elvis who is basically his voice has changed forever like he's had a like a like a stroke from doing method acting because he like he basically played Elvis he became for, Elvis yeah he became Elvis for a year yeah two years and now he mm. can't get out of being Elvis he said it's, it's, it kind of ruined his life for quite a long time yeah, but you hear, you hear, the, you hear the, like sort of the change in his voice. It's kind, of, it's kind of mad. It is but, um... <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, it's hard to know. It's hard to know where method acting is kind of going these days because, I, I, as you say as well, it's like you know, in, in today's society, you know, private lives are more transparent. You know, mm. well, we can see into people's private lives all the more now. Every actor's got a social media team with them and all that. So I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to see where where that's going, especially in the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe trend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. method acting in that... I mean, basically, method acting is going to the gym now, I think, at this point. Yeah. I, I think that's what I find so depressing about filmmaking. The, you know, even though there is a, there's, there's a plethora of good filmmaking happening, but the, but the stuff that's taking up the spotlight is basically the gym, you know, it's, it's the gym grind set kind mm. of vibe. It's, Everyone's uh, buff. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very dispiriting. Yeah. So, said, the, uh, said the flabby boys. Yeah, <laughs> flabby indie boys. Yeah. Well, I, li- I like the thing at the minute, though, about, like, you know, all these actors having to get massive for roles, and, like, at some point there's going to be such a massive steroids conversation, which is kind of, at the minute, like, not being had, and it's like... Yeah, wow! Isn't it amazing how he suddenly became so big so quickly? Like, how how could that have happened? How did he do that? Yeah, and then then you get like an article in a men's magazine. It's like you know, follow their personal trainer's advice, and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to follow all of the advice because yeah, yeah. like like Mark Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, I was going to say Mark Wahlberg's diary where he goes to like we go to bed at he goes to bed at like three in the morning, but wakes up at then six, and then goes and plays golf. Yeah, he plays plays like two games of golf before breakfast. Yeah, and then and a gym session in between all that. I mean. It's basically like the. I mean, uh, mean Boogie Nights is a great film, but I'm really not sure where where else it's you know yeah, where how else sustainable it's taken. that life is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, so Christian Bale. He he. You know, when he experimented with weight loss and gain, that was. Um, I think there were there were interesting roles for him to do that with. Mm. And, and of course, with within Batman, you never really saw him. Like, I mean, 
you, you do in the it, eventually, but it's kind of understated just how sort of you know how his physique mm. is there. Because at the same time, you're just thinking, how the hell did he go from being that thin in the machinist? Yeah, of course, yeah. To that, because he was eating like a tin of tuna and an apple a day. That was all he'd have yeah. to become the machinist. Like scary, scary stuff. Yeah, I just think that kind of mindset, where whereas. It might be impressive on the screen. I think to live with these people would be an absolute nightmare. <laughs> just someone yeah, who's like sure. that focused and that sort of serious about it. I just don't think they're going to be very fun. So, you know, I'm happy to go and watch him be Batman, but I don't want to live with the Batman, you know. And um, and I think, yeah. you know, yeah, going back to Marlon Brando, I just think that sort of ethos and like that serious craft just like at first you're going to be like really overawed about it but you know when the sort of daily grind of living on a desert island you know is comes to the fore you're going to be like I don't care about your method anymore just just catch a fucking fish come on (laughs) yeah you'd just be going you know all this method acting can you remember where you were of Apocalypse Now because it would really help (laughs) (laughs) exactly cool okay so we've got Marlon Brando on the island who's going to be joining him who's the second choice Um, well my my choice was a bit more uh, a bit more lowbrow really Uh, I don't know if you've if you've heard of uh, the family like the Lee bit spelt like the town near Wigan Lee Um, rings a bell they're like a a dancing group a dad and his two sons they're just just like like a TikTok family I I, I don't even use TikTok but they seem to appear on any any other feed that I'm on (laughs) and they just ruin my day as soon as I see them and the music they use they do seem to be on a crusade to destroy Patrice Russian's forget me nuts yes (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> and you'd, you'd think that song was untouchable, but no, it's uh, it will it will it'll become. be forever associated <laughs> it, with it them. It will be cancelled if they keep going on. <laughs> them and the sort of like yeah, extreme like kind of earnest faces. It's just like there's just something about them that really uh, <laughs> really gets me. Really, really gets your go. Yeah, yeah. and um, <laughs> yeah, like I don't know if like you've seen the videos. They like film themselves like dancing on their driveway in these in the in the cul-de-sac mm. just outside the house, and just like. Can you imagine living next door to these people, <laughs> you know, setting up their big, like, selfie camera and just dancing nonstop? And it's just like, guys, just give it a rest. You know, they, they, they appear to me like the kind of people who, uh, who never watch the news, you yeah. know, who just, like, would just be like, oh, yeah. oh I just don't see the point. It's just all miserable, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, co- yeah, comforting the complaining about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, we're just, you know, we're just, <laughs> we're just having a nice time. We're just having a lovely time. And what's wrong yeah. with that? So, and I feel like if you were stuck on an island with them, it could potentially just be like that all the time. <laughs> Definitely. And like, you know, you see these things and you think, like you say, what would it be like being their neighbour? But it would be all right if they just came out and did it all in one take. But it's not happening in one take, is it? It's, it's like half a day's no. worth of like them getting angry at each other. And it's like, right, now fucking do it properly this time. Okay, smile. <laughs> they're, probably, they're probably method actors. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I... There's something so, maybe it's because, you know, we're British, but it's just so sort of jarring, that kind of like happy family kind of Instagram lifestyle when it's like... It really is. Like my my eldest is uh, five and sometimes on YouTube he ends up watching, there's like all these American families that have just turned their whole family into YouTubers. And so it'll be like, they always have a massive house, but with not much in it. And like five kids, and they've recruited all of them, and there's like a theme and a story, and it's like, and it uh, they're just unbearable. You just sort of watch them. It's like, yeah, it's like just think, who the fuck are these it's people? Like the, like the von Traps. Yeah, it just feels so unbelievable and so irritating. And also at the end of it, it's like 
You're just sort of like milking your kids for money, basically, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like, like it's, it's, it's... Like Lad Baby. Mm. Oh, yeah. You know, the same same sort of thing. It's just like... Well, I mean, there, there, there are so many more shades of sinister going on, I think, within that project. But, you know, that's... There's no point saying it until you can prove it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely like the, uh, the the Britishness in us that's, that's very cynical about this kind of mm. overly happy family just having a nice time all the time. It's just like, just give it a rest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> an, an aggressive, dynastic sort of push. Mm. It's what we allowed for 10 years of uh, basically talent show TV yeah. that basically put us in, like, you know, it started off with Big Brother basically giving us the power to vote someone off. And all of a sudden, we think we can do these things. Like everyone thinks they can do these things, and then yeah. eventually everyone will get a go because it just keeps on going. And then, of course, it happens now within the phone. I don't know. Sorry, there's, I'm, going, I'm going very, very <laughs> no, negative. No, no, no. I think it's, it's absolutely right. Yeah, I just, yeah, it's just such a like if it was a family on TikTok that were kind of like clearly funny or amusing or kind of a bit dry I wouldn't mind but it's just like the sort of like squeaky clean nature of all these sort of things it's so sort of like yeah and you'd be stuck at a barbecue with them or like being on the island with them is the same kind of deal it's like hey guys tonight won't we do a talent show okay we'll go first oh god yeah (laughs) yeah yeah I think they'd be unbearable to live with and like uh, you just sort of wonder what's going on when they're not filming, you know. And, and they were definitely bullies before. This. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. It's, it's, it's the great, it's the great rebrand redemption of social media. Mm. It just allows people who were awful at school. <laughs> to all of a sudden completely transform themselves. But that's not saying anyone... Uh, yeah, yeah, again, don't want to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I think it's fair to assume that being stuck with a, an Instagram slash TikTok uh, dancing family on the island would be unbearable. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of hope that them and Marlon Brando would just sort of cancel each other out, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, potentially. <laughs> I was just thinking about the dynamic between them. It's like, hey, hey Marlon, <laughs> we're performers too. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. God. You're not performers. <laughs> You're grocery store clerks. <laughs> okay, well, we've got one more space for a, a person on the island. So um, who's going to be joining uh, this group of people? What do you think? Uh, well, you know, it, 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 I mean, not, not that we've deliberated too much on what selection will be both throw in there, but I think it's a, I think, I think said in the right way, it's going to be okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But I'll let you begin it because I think it might. I feel, I feel like I'll definitely put my foot in it within the first sentence. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say. We've we've picked a band member. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, great. Yeah, this we spend enough, you know we spend enough time with him anyway. But yes. Like... And and we love him dearly. But you might be spending a bit less time with him after this. It, no, 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 not, not at all, not at all, not at all. And I think he'd be the first to admit that he has. He knows, is, is, he it, knows. is it high energy or is it yeah, sort of an, an enthusiasm? An enthusiasm. And uh, it, I think it comes from playing football four times a week. He's just constantly got the blood going. Yeah, those <laughs> endorphins are just sort of circulating around, and he's just like, got to have an outlet. And, and like, I got to say, despite the fact we're going to include him on this, it does have many positives. Mm. Like I do find myself saying, in 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 times where I feel very self conscious about a task I have to do at my work or whatever like that, if I'm ever feeling like I can't live up to the performance required, I say to myself, "Think, Pete. How would Pete take <laughs> yeah. this take this task on?" And every time, absolutely fly through it because I think ever since we labelled him Panto Pete uh, on tour once, yeah, um, we we have a song in our set called Flexin, where Pete 
the, by the way, the nomination is Pete from the band. <laughs> <laughs> obvious at this point. Uh, we have a song called Flex in our set where Pete plays our our mallet cap. It's like an electronic marimba. And he gets a lot of time off to, you know, sort of clap along with the crowd. And like, as we were doing the tour on Big Balloon, each gig, it would just get more and more raucous. More and more theatrical. More and more theatrical, where eventually he was like crowd surfing and stuff like that going on. <laughs> Do you and, remember that gig in, we did a gig in Cardiff a few years ago and there's hardly anybody there. Oh God, yeah. But there was like this. It was like an old cinema, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there was like this, like this kind of spiraling staircase at the back of the room yeah <laughs> and then like during this clap along pete left the stage ran up the stairs and then slid down this, yeah. <laughs> this staircase like on the banister just like yeah he, wow. he, went, he did the full keith chegwin i think he ran all the way to the box office <laughs> <laughs> ran into every room like clapping along, like come on everybody like you in the refreshments <laughs> yeah and then sliding down so yeah so we, we created this monster when we gave it a name of panto pete and i think he's basically held onto that energy and carried it on going yeah and it's been it's well it's been essential i think uh, certainly for writing yeah. and, and the positive vibes only within kind of coming back mm. because maybe you know as you can tell from my own disposition it's very I, I find it very easy to uh, write us off <laughs> <laughs> or to think oh there's no point no come on no one cares no one cares but Pete does really drag us drag me out of those depths but as I say on an island when there is no hope that <laughs> might, would be unbearable might be, might be. <laughs> but you know he's, he's a very good cook so that, yeah. that would be something but whether there'd be yeah. any food on this island oh it's actually yes it's only the food that we hate yes yes uh, yeah so maybe that's yeah. true being consistent with this energy i could see him actually sort of helping the family <laughs> kind <laughs> of take their take their art to the next level yeah. as well. yeah, so it's like what yeah. are you doing no. <laughs> it's the worst don't, thing don't encourage them yeah don't encourage them positive vibes out yeah. <laughs> what you've joined but the yeah. family like, what's going yeah, on yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah but guys if you God. take time to get to know them you know yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it's interesting isn't it people like this I, I think obviously as you say like he's got a brilliant useful energy but yeah so he sounds like you know he's always on and I suppose, especially in a bleak atmosphere like you're creating on the island, that could be too much. Um, and also, I suppose, you know, you've got investment in him. So if anything happens to him, I think, you know, with the island, I often saying how it's if you've got anyone who's in any way a dependent, you know, whether it's like older than you, younger than you, a friend, someone you love, that creates problems because, you know, you're invested in keeping another person alive when, you know, with this family... Yeah, not so much. You know, like just see what happens. <laughs> like, don't pay too much attention to it. So I think that that alone makes it quite difficult. But yeah, I mean, good if you can like send him off to do a task. But you know, if if he's kind of using his time making maracas out of coconut shells, that's probably you know a bit too much. Well, I imagine his first. I think the first task he would do is probably outline a power league pitch. <laughs> yes. on, on the yeah, beach make sure. <laughs> and make sure make sure there's room for Wembley doubles if nothing else yeah. <laughs> which is which is fine at first but um, yeah. yeah as long as we can have a, a Wilson with us you know, yes, right? yes yes yeah, yeah. yeah well I think that sounds fair enough like we all have friends that are like that remind us of that sort of energy and yeah sometimes things need to be contained so I, I think it's fine and um, I think you've been fairly diplomatic in your choosing of a band member so I you know hopefully this won't ruin your entire working relationship so I think it's fine. <laughs> no ho hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> okay well I think you've got an interesting group of characters on the island to, to start the turmoil but we're going to move on now because mercifully amongst the wreckage of the plane there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately Fortunately for you. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> Unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? I said you go food and I go drink. Should we do that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you yeah. go, you go. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, mine's going to be goat's cheese. Goat's cheese, okay. Uh, Is that an allergy, though? No, it's not. I just, I just really don't like it. Oh. And it's one of those things, I think it was, I only discovered that I didn't like it um, a few years ago when I was on holiday in Malta. And there was a lot of goat's cheese going around, but it was like disguised as different things. It's like, oh, is this some pate? Oh no, it's goat's cheese again. Oh no, it's got me. It's got me. And it's just like, um, it's a real kind of lingering taste, I yeah. find, that like, um, especially if you've eaten it accidentally, mm. <laughs> it sort of stays in your nose and it tastes so much like the smell of actual goats. Yes, it does, doesn't it? It's so weird. I was I was in a place in a load like I was in this place in Devon and there were just all these goats wandering around and as they walked past I was like, What's that? It's goat's cheese, fuck you. It's just like exuding <laughs> from you, like through your goaty paws. It's just Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. mad. Goat sweat. Yeah. yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's like I don't that's that's not I mean, like Cows don't smell of milk, do they? I mean, I guess they just smell of shit most of the time, but I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's but weird. I suppose, you know, maybe, but maybe the goats, maybe that smell is shit as well. I don't, like, I don't know, it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not a fussy eater at all, but it's like that, I just can't. I, I understand I what you mean, though, when food is kind of secretly put in there and you're not prepared, like you're mentally not prepared for it. Yeah. Because that can, that can have a lasting effect. I had it with, because my, my entry was going to be ginger, because I remember having like a chocolate, a ginger chocolate sort of fancy chocolate from my parents' mm. chocolate box as a kid, thinking, ooh, chocolate, that's delicious. Biting into it, it's just got some root ginger sticking in, you know, and when yeah. you're like six, yeah, yeah, that, that freaks you the fuck out. Yeah. And it's still, even today, I mean, I'll have ginger in a curry, of course, and all that kind of stuff, but yeah. I still look at it and go, you ooh, fooled me once. Yeah. You fooled me once. Yeah. Fool me twice, can't be fooled again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with goat's cheese, but I can, I can understand why people don't like it, and I think it's quite telling that, you know, it hasn't eclipsed normal cheese. You know, there's a reason it's still on the, the fringes after all these years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like let's not let's let's not pretend it's the best cheese here. You know, um, wait, is, is, is which one's halloumi then? Halloumi is, uh, I think halloumi is a mixture of goat and sheep. Right, because okay. I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not having you sleep. Halloumi. Oh no, I love. I love <laughs> halloumi. I love halloumi. Uh, I love feta, which I think is sheep's cheese. Right. Okay. So it's goat. Yeah. yeah oh, so okay. It's just like yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, There's definitely a pub quiz round in this. I need to figure it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I write pub quizzes. By the way. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like so, that that same place where I was at, where the the goats were, and I realised the smell. There was an ice cream van that sold goats cheese. Uh, sorry, goats milk ice creams. And it was like the same thing. It's like, yeah, this isn't going to catch on, lads. Like we, I mean, yeah. you're here, and we've all bought an ice cream for the novelty. But like, there's a tang here that I, I don't really want when it's I'm good. eating ice cream. It's like yeah. we know what ice cream should taste like. I don't think we're ready for this remix. You know, it's no. Uh, I don't. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it was just it would just be annoy you that you didn't have real cheese there. Yes. Yeah. Plus, it's from a plane, so it's going to be really shit goes cheese as well. So. Oh, true. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Considering that this is food from a plane, I'm not quite sure how my drink fits into it. But um, the, we the can drink be I fairly fit... elastic with the rules. It's okay. It's, okay. Yeah. Fair <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a private jet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Private jet. Yeah, I can understand that. So uh, the drink I've picked is quite a modern phenomenon uh, here. I've gone for CBD uh, pops, like kind of fruity CBD pops. Um, hmm. The only reason being, 
because uh, I, 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 I like the idea of them in principle and all that lot, but they kind of have this, at, at this age now, I kind of take pride in the fact that I can swallow anything, <laughs> you know, <laughs> take that how you will, yeah. uh, but you know, like kind of food and drink, like, you know what I mean? I, 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 I mean, I've gone from watching Come Dine With Me and when someone says they don't like potatoes, I've gone from hating that moment to going, ah, oh, you game playing, you know, son of a, mm-hmm. like kind of, I'm, I'm, like you understand what's going on because everyone must be able to eat, you know, like anything in at a certain point, at a certain age. But it's just when certain kind of flavors have these kind of waves on your tongue, you know what I mean, like 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 a taste wave, as it were. Mm. And I think it's the way that when when I drink it, it, when I've tried it recently, it's really kind of thrown me off. It's really kind of you know put me off kilter. Uh, and for that reason, it's kind of made me feel like I've still got much more to learn on the journey of getting <laughs> a perfect palate. So. Yeah, that's why I'm just yeah. picking it. It's just I'd probably come to love it after about two days on the island. You know, mm. you'd, you'd find a way of getting used to it. But yeah, yeah I'm picking that one because it's um, yeah, yeah, not so good. Not so yeah. good. <laughs> I think it's it's in the same sort of ballpark for me as like. Um, Oh, what's it called? The the one that's like a fermented thing, kombucha. Oh, kombucha. Yeah. So I've got yeah. these things. They're not like disgusting, but they're not that nice, and they're kind of a bit too expensive for a can of pop. You know what I mean? It's like, why is this pricey? Yeah, why does this cost two pounds fifty? Like, what's? Oh, it's got a thing in it. Oh, I didn't realize. You know, and it's oh, but it's really good for you. Yeah, that thing isn't as good as Coca Cola. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, <laughs> but I just want a nice drink now. Like, I could just take supplements if I wanted all of that. You know. Know, yeah. but it's quite an expensive drink I've just bought in this like museum that I'm in like why is it even got <laughs> yeah. I know it's like oh but it's supposed to be really good for this it's like I don't think there's enough of that in this can that's going to really change my life it's yeah. like oh but my digestion is so much better now so yeah. is it you know and I kind of feel like after kombucha I want it I want it to feel I want to feel instantly better do you know what I mean it's like well, okay I've, I've, yeah. I've enjoyed that it's just like right now I should feel great yeah yeah but I don't know. Maybe there will be a drink like that. Yeah, exactly. But I, I, I sort of—I don't want to sound too reductive, but I kind of feel like if something isn't going to be delicious straight away, it's got to have another benefit quite quickly. Like if it's yeah. getting me drunk or something, you know, then like okay, I'll—I'll I'll, I'll drink this thing. That's yeah, it's quite strong. I don't know, but hey, I'm getting drunk. Or yeah. like, oh, these mushrooms are disgusting. But whoa, yeah. wow, I'm seeing amazing <laughs> things now. But yeah, a kombucha or like yeah, the CBD drinks. It's like it's just a really expensive bad drink that's not really making much difference to my life. So like, <laughs> yeah, have a Fanta or something, you know, yeah. and um. Yeah, and I think that's that's the thing. If you're on a desert island and you're just cracking open these drinks and you're like, I don't know what the point of any of this is. Like, yeah. This could be anything else. And six hours later, stoned out your mind. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but you don't see, you don't know it's happened. <laughs> you just uh, yeah. just kind of fall back into the into the floor. But with CBD, isn't that like the one that doesn't get you stoned? You just sort of it, it's like, it just sort of relaxes you. It just relaxes you. It's just very just very relaxing mm. for two pound fifty. Yeah. Well, maybe you could feed a lot of it to your bandmate, and it might sort of have a calming effect. Maybe some all the family. Yeah, all yeah. the family. Everyone. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All, just all of them. Yeah. yeah. Just just yeah. Silence them all. Yeah. Drink your drink. And, uh, Come on. Yeah, <laughs> just give Marlon all the goat's cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, well, good choices there for the food. I think it's going to be very unpleasant. Now, fortunately, you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time, and the other is your least favourite song. What are they and why? Okay, I'll go film. Go for it, yeah. Uh, the Godfather... 
Part three. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just to bring it full circle. Um, it's, yeah, I, I think just, I, th I don't really have to explain it too far, I don't think, because I think most people either have never seen it or they've never finished it. Mm. Uh, in I've only really got to the end of it because it was came in the box set of watching it and it did feel, you know, come on, you loved one and two so much, you owe it to them to finish three. Mm. And it does have its moments, but... It's it's a complete husk of a of an ending. Frankly, it's it's not. Um, there's no satisfaction to it. I think the only satisfaction I could get from it is watching it with Marlon Brando because he would just absolutely slate the tits off it. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that th that would actually be an enjoyable sort of uh, coming about yeah. on the island, <laughs> yeah. so to speak. But we'd still only ever watch it once because it cannot be watched a second time. Yeah, and also it'd probably just be in a, he could just get into a really bad mood about it, and then you've got a really angry actor on your hands. <laughs> it's kind of difficult to manage. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, I was just trying to think how many good third films there are. I suppose Rocky Three is is a good one because you've got you know Mr T playing Clubber Lang, so I think that's acceptable. Um, yeah. I'm so like my worldview is so small at the minute because I work from home and I've got two small kids. So I was like I was going through the, all the films in my head apart from Rocky were like uh, like Pixar films and stuff because yeah, yeah, yeah. they yeah. often Shrek the third. Well, because they, yeah, because they all have lots of versions because they're like quick, just keep milking it, you know. Um, yeah, of course. But yeah, generally when you get to a third, especially if it's followed such a great one like The Godfather 2, it's going to be, it's, you're always on shaky ground. So I think it's good. It's, well, I was going to say, it's a strange one. I think Godfather 1 and 2, they, they're kind of just like one long film in a sense. Like, mm. you know, the, the idea of a sequel having to kind of change up ideas or, you know, mm. when we think about great sequels, Empire Strikes Back is another one that, you know, lands on everyone's tongue. But that's... Gen that's generally a different story to number four, isn't mm. it? Whereas I suppose Godfather 2 is just continuing, it's just finishing off what one began in a sense. And then three... There's quite a bit of a gap, isn't there as well? Yeah, yeah, there's a big gap, yeah, because three, Pacino's an old guy, and it's, it's basically just... It's just answering the what-ifs that people had, I think, mm. about about the legacy of it all. And sometimes you don't need to know. No, no, you don't You don't need to know. Um, and, yeah, I don't, I don't want to spoil it in case anyone is ever going to watch it, but... The ending is very disappointing, so, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I sometimes think with films where, like, it's sort of counterintuitive, but maybe if something has been so popular, that's the sign that you shouldn't make another one. Because it's like... Yeah. I don't know, like, with Terminator 2, it's like, okay, like, in the rare instance where the second film is often regarded as better than the first, which I think is yeah. generally the case with The Godfather... It's yeah. like, okay, if you've managed that act of, like, the sequel even surpassing the first one... Just leave it there because it's you're not gonna get you're not gonna pull that trick off a third time of it being even better. So it's like, God, this was so successful, let's just not touch it now. But obviously that's yeah. really not how the film industry works. You know, it's like more, more, another one, Godfather seventeen, come on. You know, and like all the Terminator films afterwards, you just have to sort of ignore any like they're all shit after the after the second one. Well, I think I mean, I haven't watched it in a very long time. So I could be very wrong about this, but when I think about great sequels, as we're saying, in a rare exception to the rule where actually the third instalment was also quite good, uh, but maybe maybe not on maybe not better than the second, but perhaps on par. I'm thinking maybe Back to the Future, hmm. but I can't remember how good Back to the Future Part Three is. I think it was just very interesting that they went to the 1880s, hmm. uh, you know, to do all the Wild West stuff. 
but it probably is very very dull i think it's yeah it was like it was like really high budget wasn't it it might have been kind of style over substance yeah because i mean because people would argue that back to the future part two is better than one Mm. i feel like that would be yeah because like you know just just because the iconography they use you know like the hoverboard stuff the train is it's just like oh wow yeah commerce you know like like basically yeah so and and i think that's where my head's at when i'm thinking that three might have been on a par with two just because i'm thinking like oh yeah it was like it was bright and it was jumping it was bad oh i'll tell you what Mm. a great third element sorry a great third entry to a uh, film series that is for my money better than the sequel Mm. uh, die hard Die Hard with a Vengeance. Interesting. Okay. We, actually, the sequel, yeah. I think the sequel was, wasn't was great. I feel like sometimes... No, you're right. Actually, <laughs> two's, two's worse than one. Yeah. <laughs> but I think sometimes you do get that leapfrog thing. It's like, good first one, bad sequel. Can we bring it back? Yeah, third one's better, and then it's all right. Like, And, and yeah, I see yeah. that with a lot of Pixar films. <laughs> like, but, um, <laughs> oh, God, my worldview. I've well, really yeah, got I mean, to expand you, my worldview. It's getting desperately small. <laughs> well, you could say that. Yeah, you could even say it about Toy Story, really. Mm. But that's it's a very high bar. So to say that Toy Story 2 is the worst one isn't to say it's a bad film no, by any stretch. That's true. But Toy, Toy Story 3 is pretty special, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, you know, absolutely balling in the cinema. Mm. Yeah. And then when 4 comes around, you're, you're waiting to be told to cry. Mm. And you're thinking, you're not going to get me. You're not going to get me. <laughs> and then and then it kind of gets you. But it doesn't hit in the same way that 3 does. Because yeah. when 3 has that moment with the trash compactor. Oh, yeah. My God, Ooh, I mean, it was dark. Goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, well, we're going to put The Godfather 3 on the island with you and Marlon Brando and the others. Um, what's your song choice going to be? It's interesting, you know, speaking to you guys who in a band, I'm interested to see what your song choice will be. Um, yeah, well, it's, again, fairly lowbrow in that sense. It's um, <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a three-year-old daughter and she somehow discovered this artist called Parry Grip. I don't know if you've come across his music as a, no, I haven't. As a dad of some kids as well. It's just like, it's, it's basically novelty American music and he writes loads of little short songs um, and there's hundreds of them mm. over like on Spotify. It's really a case of quantity over quality. Yeah. And basically, you know, the formula is, um, it's like a, a food, an animal, and a thing, and he'll just sing about that for for two minutes. And my daughter loves it, and she knows how to work Alexa, and it's just oh, sort of shit. Right. Slowly, slowly killing me <laughs> to have to listen to Toaster Strudel Kangaroo like, every day. It's it's really really bad. So don't don't encourage your kids no. to listen to Parry Grip. And, and if they, if they do discover it, if there's a way you can block songs on Spotify, like oh. it's. It's really, really awful. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's... And this, uh, this guy must be worth millions as well because you know the amount of streams he gets, and uh, I think he won a Grammy as well. It's just oh, oh no, don't encourage yeah. him. Yeah, when they latch onto something that you hate, because it's it's such a great feeling when like they they're into cool music, you know. But the great thing about kids yeah. is like they have no sense of sort of cool, you know, like they'll like an awful song that they found on YouTube as much as they'll like the Beatles, you know, and it's like, it's lovely that they're all equal in your world, but it's also quite frustrating. Like, you know, I was so proud of my eldest recently. We were at a a party and he was like, he goes, oh yeah, the Ramones. And I was like, yes, did you hear that, everyone? He likes the Ramones, no? (laughs) Anyone? I'll tell you later. Anyway, good boy, you know, and then, but then, yeah. At my wife's uh, 40th last year, we were like, do you want to play some tunes? Do you want to 
like DJ and he was like yeah he goes I'm going to play uh, that Bjork song I like and the Yellow Submarine and um, the Ramones and I was like perfect great and then he goes I think I might swap one for Crazy Frog and I was like no yeah oh, the thing about Crazy yeah. Frog he's just on YouTube like I, I don't have it on my computer like it's just on telly and I had to just lie to his face and like you know yeah. you're like uh, I don't want you you know like being an artist or a DJ or a musician, it's like, you know, you've got to follow your own path and be brave and go out there, but not fucking Crazy Frog. <laughs> yeah. No, no, Crazy Frog is definitely in the same gene pool as Parry Grip as well. It's that kind of, oh, yeah, it's that kind of music. Yeah. So. Uh, in in, in defence of Crazy Frog, not that I've ever DJed it out, <laughs> but it... I can imagine it does actually find its place after 2 a.m. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere, somewhere in the world. Somewhere in the yeah. world, it finds its slot. <laughs> yeah. But I've never played it. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Like, like my, yeah, my, my daughter, like, she has got interest, like, into interesting music, basically, because we have, if we're not listening to Parry Grip, we've got Six Music on, and she'll like, latch on to something. Mm. So she went through a real phase of loving the band Sons of Kemet, mm. which is like, um, like Afro jazz crazy kind of saxophone solos and she's like really into that for a while um and then she went through a phase of really liking my dad's band and he's like in a um a baltic folk uh yeah i was gonna say well sea shanty it was sea shanty music before sea shanty was uh, a <laughs> exactly okay. before the tiktok sea yeah, shanty yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. um so yeah so it's like <laughs> when we were like sitting down for dinner she, um my wife would say like Oh, she put on Daddy's band. She'd go, no, Granddad's band. It's like, <laughs> okay, that's fine. All right. Yeah, they had a song. Uh, they still have a song. I assume of if you want to be a pirate, you have to have a beard, and uh, it does. It does bop. It does bop or slap. Yeah, bop yeah. or slap. It goes it off. Does, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All you those. Do, you don't have to. You don't have to wait till two a.m. for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that does sound like something that yeah everyone's going to enjoy. I think that's fair enough. But uh, yeah, I. I mean, I'm curious to to know what um what's it called, Parry Grip. It's a yeah. weird name it's as well, isn't it, for like a kids musician? It like, is. Um, mm. Sounds like he was a rapper at some point, and then just yeah. that would be a better name for like a mumble rap kind of guy, wouldn't it? And then like it would. Yeah. 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 Maybe that was just what happened. It was like shit. Hang on, I can churn out thirty songs a day like this. This is uh, exactly yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so annoying. So many things these days. When you find something really irritating, you also know that they're loaded a lot of the time. It's really yeah, annoying. Exactly. Like, yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah. it's like, God, you're racking up so many fucking views with this bollocks, you know. And you couldn't even emulate it if you tried. You're like, maybe I'll just do this. And you just know you couldn't because... It's much talent. Yeah. It's much. <laughs> okay, well, that's, that, that's the entertainment sorted then. Well, boys, finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it and why? Um, I went on holiday to Thailand a few years ago and um, encountered quite a few monitor lizards. Mm. Um, and it's, I don't think they're particularly kind of violent animals, but like every time, I, I, like they just like just hang around in the towns um, and basically at the corner of your eye, you think it's a cat. And then you're like, fucking hell, it's a dragon. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's like, wow. <laughs> like quite a large lizard. lizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Apparently they're poisonous, so that's yeah. you know an extra kind of mm. thing to add in there. But I don't think they really attack uh, humans. But maybe they would. Maybe they get bored, you know, on this on this little island with us yeah. seven weirdos, you know. <laughs> so uh, it's seven, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All eating goats, cheese. Yeah, and um, yeah, so you know, like just freaks me out a bit. And like every time we'd we'd think we 
you know, we're, we're a free, and you know, me and my wife are probably quite nervous travellers. We've we've kind of come to realise that. <laughs> there was there was another point whilst we were in Thailand where uh, uh, we got chased by some dogs. Um, that was quite scary. Yeah, you never got, told me about that. Got chased, in, <laughs> got chased into a Seven Eleven by some dogs, <laughs> and it's like, well, at least they weren't monitor lizards. But I suppose <laughs> monitor lizards wouldn't be able to run that fast. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that would be those guys, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, I think like there's something about animals that I don't mind on their own suddenly becoming more freaky when there's a lot of them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I think like lizards, I've always think are quite interesting, nice animals. But when there's the idea of like in Amsterdam, there's this little park that we stayed near, and it was just like not even a park, just a little like triangle of grass. And I think the thing about Amsterdam is there's just lots of weird stuff that's going to confuse you when you're high, or even if you're not, because we were there completely sober and just kept noticing off-key things, like this little patch of grass, and it was covered in very realistic lizard statues, like, covered in it, like, and they were probably monitor lizard size, right. and you just walk past, and you're in Amsterdam, you're like, the fuck is that? And like, yeah. <laughs> you know, in the morning, completely sober, and it's like, that's weird, why... Why have you done that to this patch of grass? Why have you put lizards <laughs> yeah. all over this? This is come on, come on, come on the Netherlands. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of lot of stoned people walking through that park. Who yeah, going to get very freaked out. Yeah, because yeah. I remember going as a student and doing the typical things that students do in Amsterdam and thinking, oh my god, that whole city is just weird. And then I went there as a grown up, completely sober, and I was like, yeah, no, it's definitely weird. Like all the buildings are leaning at a weird angle. Yeah. Everything looks a bit skewed. There's statues of lizards all over the place yeah so yeah. so yeah i can imagine what it would be like to be in on an island full of lizards like that so yeah i think that would be a bit freaky and if you manage to fish they're going to find you as a food source and they're going to start coming and and bothering you and oh yeah, yeah. and suddenly it does make a difference that they're poisonous perhaps so true <laughs> yeah yeah bit of yeah yeah. confrontation there yeah. yeah fair enough well I think it's a really fitting end to uh, an elaborately awful island so I think you've done a great job of, of uh, picking a, a, an, an island hellscape for you to live on so um, congratulations and um, sorry about that um, <laughs> sorry. I, I just can't get the smell of goat's cheese out man. I know I've been thinking <laughs> about phantom it. goat's cheese <laughs> <laughs> well let's uh, let's sort of cleanse our palate by talking about uh, some useful stuff about what you're up to at the minute because uh, you've got an album out and you're about to go on tour yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so we yeah, released um, our sixth album True Entertainment last, last Friday mm-hmm. um, and so yeah it's really nice to get out and get you know yeah, it's, it's, it's taken a long time for us to uh, basically find our feet again. Uh, we we were in a very, uh, I think I think we were just so exhausted uh, in 2018 when we finished making our fifth album that we really didn't know. Like you see, so many bands do that sixth or fifth or sixth album where it just like no one cares anymore, and so it felt like a very redundant project to get you know to start straight away. So you just needed the time off to think. Well, maybe the time away will you know, give us the, the rejuvenation and, and, and the audience as well. And so now we find ourselves here some, was it five years after the release of Big Balloon? Six, isn't it? Six, yeah. But COVID in between all that. Mm. So, you know. Yeah, we lost like a year. Four, yeah. four, yeah, three or four. Yeah. So it's more like that. And of course, you know, taking a two-year wait from demoing to get it released. So there's that as well. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's been it's been a great thing to just kind of get back on with and uh, like see how much we've changed. You know, it's like, it's, it's a bit like checking in with ourselves as, as uh as creative people, mm. um, we seem to have ditched all the time signatures, gone straight in for heavy chorus, <laughs> where, where possible. Yeah, 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 and um, 
yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm very, I'm really, I'm really happy with this with this body of work. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm usually quite critical of what we, <laughs> of what we do, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do, I do consider it a return to form for us. Actually, great, yeah. nice yeah. one. And yeah, yeah, so then we're off on tour. Uh, next month, uh, nine dates across the UK. So yeah, perfect. Yeah, and we'll we'll be trying to get our own podcast start kicking off again at some point. Yeah, Poss- yeah. possibly doing some on tour specials. Yeah, you know, like a bit of a diary mm-hmm. thing. Nice. So, uh, but you know, it can be found through our band. Lovely, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for coming on Desert Island Dicks today. It's been a total pleasure. Cheers. Thank, thank you, you, mate. See you later. <laughs> So there you go. That was Robin and Duncan from Dutch Uncles there. And uh, yeah, as I say, do go and check out their album, True Entertainment. It's out now. And uh, try and get and see them on tour as well. That's it from me for today. Like I say, I'm going to keep it short because I have got a very sore throat that's giving up on me. Uh, but yes, Desert Island X, as always, was a sync clap production, dreamt up and produced by James Deacon, produced and presented by me, Dan Benedictus. Ongoing support as ever from John Deacon. And thank you to Chris Attaway for his occasional and wonderful editing support as well. We'll be back again soon with either a compact dicks or an old dicks or a new Desert Island dicks. Just subscribe and you'll get all of that without even having to think about it. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Bye bye.